Welcome to New Dentists on the Block, a podcast featuring new dentists sharing their experiences in the world of dentistry, successes, challenges, and life in between, navigating dentistry together one experience at a time. I'm so excited to have my friend, Dr. Stephanie Ganter, on our podcast this week. Dr. Ganter graduated dental school in 2016 from Texas A&M University's School of Dentistry and went on to complete a periodontics residency in the program as well, graduating in 2019. She went on a mission trip to Guatemala where she met her partner in practice, oral maxillofacial surgeon and co-host on Between Two Teeth, Dr. Robert McNeil. Steph completed a two-year integrative medicine fellowship out of the University of Arizona School of Medicine in 2022. She runs a YouTube channel called Between Two Teeth with Dr. McNeil, which talks about their journey to connect, discover, and inspire others. Currently, Steph is enrolled in a one-year Harvard Surgical Leadership Program, where she is writing her capstone on access to care issues. In her spare time, you can find her riding a motorcycle, playing hockey, or spending time with friends and family. A huge shout out to Dr. Ganter and Dr. McNeil from Between Two Teeth for sponsoring this week's episode. Let's get to it. All right, Stephanie Ganter, aka Steffi Steph. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to New Dentist on the Block. How are you doing? Man, I'm feeling great because I got an invite from you to be on this show, the great Tanya Sue. <laughs> well, I'm super, super pumped for you to be on here for a lot of reasons. First of all, because you're just like an amazing human being. I will listen to that all day long. Please keep going. I love it. <laughs> I love hearing this. So, you know, tell us a little bit uh, about your background and uh, how you came to be the Steffi stuff. And I think oh. that our, our listeners would be interested to kind of hear what your current work setup is. Oh, I appreciate all of that. So uh, first off, I am super humble and grateful to be on your show. And for those of you that don't know your host very well, Tanya Sue is one of the nicest, most caring individuals I've ever met. And the cool part is, the cool part is, is that I, and we just listened to Brene Brown at SmileCon. We want to be clear and kind. Mm-hmm. Somehow you have, you, ha- you have perfected this nuance. You are exceptionally clear and very kind. You know, one of my one of my biggest holdups, I think, is that I I tend to be very nice, but I'm I'm wishy washy, and no one understands what I'm saying because I don't want to hurt feelings. <laughs> but yeah, you I do a great job of being clear and kind. So thank you for having me on your show. I am humbled and honored to be here. To give you a little bit of background on on kind of what I do, I'm a periodontist in practice with an oral surgeon in the Dallas area. And when I, where I was looking at, you know, where I wanted to set up shop out of residency, practicing with an oral surgeon definitely wasn't on the top of my list. And a, you know, the way these things go, a friend of a friend was like, oh, you've got to check out this practice. I I think your personalities will complement each other. And so we ended up uh, kind of meeting up on a mission trip in Guatemala and it was a working interview uh, as, as it went. And it, it was perfect. Uh, I just realized that uh, our personalities are really compatible, and this is something that, despite having a, a mixed practice like that, this this is someone uh, it'd probably be worth kind of going through the growing pains with. I, I love that, and and you know, you know, perio obviously involves quite a bit of surgery, but how how much more are you doing beyond what a typical periodontist does? Right, so I. Uh, 
so whenever I'm in practice, we, we try to treat our patients, um, having the benefit of two specialists there, we get the benefit of two different opinions, uh, surgical opinions. And so if you think of periodontist as kind of a pinky out and a detail oriented uh, specialty, uh, you can think of oral surgeons as kind of getting the job done and uh, kind of dealing with more of the trauma side of things and the major infection. Well, the way Bob and I practice is uh, we, we learn from each other a lot and it forms a hybrid kind of a blend of practices with expert opinions on each end. And so we try to capitalize on that as best as possible to help out patients uh, in the max way. So when we get people in, uh, whether they're seeing myself or uh, Bob, it's it's going to be high quality. That's awesome. So did you know, Bob, when you were in residency, how did that connection work for you to kind of transition into, I'm assuming his practice, which was probably already standing? Yes. it. I didn't know Bob at all. Uh, like I said, a friend of a friend. <laughs> I, I, was, I was ready to go practice at three other offices around the Metroplex. I was, you know, my personality, I'm like, oh yeah, like it's going to be great. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work every day of the week. Like I'm going to get it. This is going to be awesome. And then, like I said, I had a, a friend of a friend, she's an Indo re- or she was an Indo resident at the time. She's like, Steph, before you do this, check out uh, Bob's practice. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything I had on my radar, but I went over there, I checked out the practice, this specific uh, practice that, that Bob's a part of, he's in partner or he's a partner with an orthodontist and an endodontist as well. So he's, oh, nice. he's kind of a used to kind of blending his practice with other specialties. And so he was kind of set up from the gun to uh, be more collaborative. Uh, we have a saying at our office, uh, colleagues, not competition. I love that. I love that. And and I love that you had that introduction through somebody else that was also, you know, a resident. I think that yeah. that just kind of goes to show how tight the dental community can can truly be, oh, which I'm absolutely. sure you, you, you've, you've come across even, you know, beyond that. Oh man, it's been when you you bring up the word community, and so for me, I have I, I have redefined what community means and how important it is. When you're in residency, there's certainly a community there that's built in. But when you get into private practice, one thing that you know we kind, Bob and I kind of talk about and write about is the importance of community outside of academia, and it's even it's almost even more important. You can argue is dentists get isolated so easily and. What we want to do as uh, providers is not only just provide for our patients, but also take care of ourselves and take care of, of our colleagues around us. Colleagues, not competition. And one of the ways we do that, we have a study club that there's a there's a blue couch in the office and everybody knows it. We've got uh, before the study club, it's always the meeting before the meeting where the magic happens, uh, I'm sure, as you all know. And in, in this setting, our blue couch serves as a safe space for practitioners all over the area that come to our study club to talk about kids, talk about life, talk about, you know, just kind of what's going on uh, in their relationships. What are they struggling with? I, I thought when we when I first joined this kind of club and, and first started to hear people's stories, I thought people would have the most problem with, you know, relationship, uh, you know, like my spouse is killing me or my kids are killing me. People have problems with figuring out who they are and what they want to do and where they want to go. And that's our kind of common denominator. So I've really enjoyed not only serving the needs of our patients, but serving the needs of, of those around me and hearing stories. Oh my goodness. I love it. Thanks for bringing up community. 
Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And, you know, I just had the opportunity to speak to some dental students at the ASDA NLC meeting on burnout. And one of the things that I mentioned was that us as a community need to continue to do a better job at being there for other dentists. Um, you know, mental health and the profession is such a big thing. And we have all lost somebody uh, to mental health issues, mm -hmm. depression. And, you know, I, I always say that one is one too many. And I think that if we can do a better job just to take care of each other, I think that we can continue to make just our lives and, and the world of dentistry kind of a better place from the practitioner side of things. Oh, absolutely. Well said. Yeah, it's hard. Life's, life's hard. And I think I think the beauty of, of the profession is that you can take your profession in different ways and in different routes. But identifying that can can lead you to kind of a life crisis, not knowing where to go next. Oh, man, absolutely. I, you know, today I was talking to the great Tommy Harrison and, Love you know, him. this guy. Oh, yeah. He's a he is the glue of organized dentistry. And I've told this yeah. to him. And so he's well aware of how I feel about it. And I said, man, you're cool because even if it's not your job or if it's not the most important person in the room, you don't care. Like you'll, you'll go up to anybody and help them. And you, you know, almost as if he's putting your, his arm right around your back saying, it's okay. Like this is how it is. And he does it for everybody. And I, I love the inclusivity that he brings to the table. And I think there is a true sense of community in organized dentistry because of Tommy Harrison and people yeah, I like completely, him. I completely agree. He is such a kind soul and his knowledge is just tremendous. I know but it's on the charts. <laughs> he is so welcoming to everyone, even to students. He never questions the knowledge that a student brings to the table, that a young dentist brings to the table. He is just inclusive, welcoming. And if you want to learn the ropes, he's there to guide you along the way. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned just now that you were at the, uh, is it the, uh, what is it? The leadership conference for ASDA? Yeah. For, for ASDA. Yeah. Oh man. Throwing good times. I know. Throwing oh, yeah. it back. I love that. <laughs> I would leave those conferences like with lists of everything I was going to do when I got back. I was going to do this, 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 and this. And oh my gosh, it was a big, uh, what is it? Almost like a pep rally, uh, for oh, yeah. change. Yeah. Um, you know, to the listeners, Stuffy Stuff and I cross paths um, through our opportunities in ASDA. And if you're a student and haven't been to an ASDA national conference, take take advantage of it. Those conferences oh, are fantastic. And more than anything, beyond the content, I think some of the greatest value that come out of these conferences is the opportunity to uh, connect with dentists or students across the nation. And you carry those friendships with you after you graduate. And you just create this community of friends everywhere, which I think is just really fantastic. Oh, without a doubt. What's the one biggest uh, takeaway from this year's National Leadership Conference, in your opinion? In my opinion, for all National Leadership Conferences, I think that, you know, they show you how to become a better leader to bring back resources to your fellow students. Um, but I think I've always thought that the biggest take takeaways from these meetings is to create a community around you, you know, to take care of yourself, to be the best dentist that you can be, but to continue to collaborate, make friends, create a community and help each other out. Oh man, absolutely. Uh, these things are where, like you're saying, you do make lifelong connections. And I, you know, it's it's a blessing that you're able to go and be back and be part of this, donating your time, time away from your practice uh, to do this. It makes you a very special human. And any student there that got a chance to interact with you, I am sure it was like, oh my gosh, she's the best. <laughs>
Well, I hope so. I hope I provided value with, with the, the conversations that we had, but uh, oh, I always yeah. look fondly to opportunities like that. And look at that. We, I feel like we crossed paths, lost connection, and now we, we are, have crossed Back paths again, too, which is excellent. Oh, so, yeah. Steffi, Steph, I got to know, between, between two teeth, tell us a little bit about that. How did that come to be? How has it helped others and how has it helped you? Oh, man. Thanks for the question. So for those of you that don't know, Between Two Teeth was started about, I guess, man, it's almost been a year now, and uh, it seems like a lot longer. And Tanya, you can tell you, this is not easy <laughs> when you're doing these podcasts and these uh, these interviews. It it might not seem that tough, but it is, it's a lot tougher if you're in the arena. And so what this show is meant to, to me and my co-host on this show uh, is uh, Bob McNeil, the oral surgeon I'm in practice with. We have used it as a platform to take the blue couch that we talked about from our study club, which represents community and a safe space, and put it on a platform with a wider reach and a broader reach. If you've ever seen uh, Zach Galifianakis's uh, two, Between Two Ferns, it, his is love way it. funnier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we love it. His is way funnier, um, but we wanted to do something that uh, kind of played off uh, us, the both of us being dentists. And so Between Two Teeth was uh, to us a natural, kind of a funny, quirky name. We wanted to send a message that we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're not scared of, you know, other people laughing at us, us laughing at ourselves. And, and in that, we create a safe space because it's okay not to be perfect. And it's actually okay to take an awkward pause or uh, have some something go wrong. And all of that's great. And it's authentic. And it, it invites questions. It invites uh, authenticity from others. And what I've learned that by kind of putting myself out there, um, it, it's, become, it's become a very easy way, an easy icebreaker, if you will, for others to kind of communicate hard truths. And uh, I've heard from enough people now that I, I've been encouraged to to kind of keep doing this uh, because sometimes whenever you're and Tanya, see so you know this like whenever you're doing these, you're like, all right, I hope yeah. this uh, <laughs> I hope this was someone's jam because <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, right. But yeah, that's, so that's a little bit about us and why we do it. Uh, we we really we do not get paid to do this. It takes time away from our practice. It takes time away from our lives outside of working, and you know. I don't want to speak for Bob, but for me, I mean, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my time than trying to connect with others, discover everything about them, and hopefully inspire myself, but in inspire other people as well. Absolutely. And it's, it is definitely okay to be not okay. And I wish we, we I wish we could have Bob on, but he's a little bit past his uh, new dentist years. So oh, we, buddy. We'll, we'll just have to have a, a friendly <laughs> plug for him. Oh, he's like, he's here in spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if you if oh, we were around, man. he'd probably try and poke his head in and, and try and say hello. It, I wouldn't be able to stop him. He loves oh, you. Sure. And he's like, oh, oh. Tanya Sue. <laughs> yeah. Bob is an excellent person to have as a, you know, probably as, as a mentor to you, but just like as a yeah. friend and a colleague, he, he's doing great stuff for the profession and such a great human being. He's an absolutely great human being. If he was here right now, he'd let out a big belly laugh because you just said that. He goes, oh, you don't know me then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't agree with you more. That's so sweet and uh, very thoughtful and kind. Could you share that one story of that one person who was going through a hard time who listened to yes. uh, Between Two Teeth and how that helped her? 
Right. So I thank you for the opportunity to talk about this. This was one of those instances that just made it like, yes, let's do this. Let's keep doing this show because I, we were doing the show and getting great feedback, but not, not, nothing that was like, oh yeah, like we should really be spending our time um, and effort on this. And then of course, the way it is, is one day someone walks in, uh, General Dennis, we, we don't have a lot of communication with. Uh, she wasn't coming to study club and uh, everyone kind of uh, assumed that she was doing fine. She just, you know, was taking time for herself or for her family, which a lot of colleagues do. Uh, and she shows up at the office one day and she says, guys, I've been battling with breast cancer and I'm all better now, but I've got to tell you that your YouTube channel between two teeth got me through that. She goes, I ordered all the books you recommended and I just, she goes, you guys are, you guys are the reason that I was smiling through all of that. And I was like, oh my that's goodness, huge. that's insane. If you asked me in residency, in dental school, in high school, if I was going to be able to have something that carried forward like that and reached people at a time in their lives where they were probably at one of their darkest moments, uh, God, I wouldn't have believed you. I'm like, there's no way. So stories like that hit home. And um, yeah, I mean, I get chills whenever I just, whenever I'm, I'm hearing it, it's the take home from that for me was you'll most of the time you will probably never know the impact you have on somebody. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they won't even tell you, be, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all a little fearful of being vulnerable at some, some, in some aspects, or we, we want to, to tell someone how much they mean to us, but then we forget or too much time passes and we're like, Oh, I don't want to be awkward and weird and strange. Uh, but because of her courage to follow up with us, uh, we had an opportunity to see what our reach was really about, where we made there was a great chance we would never have known that. And so it's it's impactful when you're when you're sitting there thinking, hey, should I do this thing because I really believe in it and I think it's going to have a positive benefit and an impact. Uh, don't let your only litmus test be external affirmations. Mm-hmm. All of that. I think that's great. I think that that goes to anyone for any projects that you want to start. Um, you know, definitely know your why, oh, um, yes. but don't, you get, you got to kind of block out the haters sometimes. I'm sure, I'm sure y'all have heard from some haters as well too, but the impact oh, that you there can are, have on. They're always out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that you brought up your why. Can I put you on the spot? What's your oh, why? Like in life for this? Open-ended. What's your why? Yeah, I think. You know, I think my why in life, why I do like dentistry, why I'm passionate about what I'm doing is uh, I feel that um, everyone should have the opportunity to see a, a dentist regardless of their means. So I'm very, very passionate about public health and want to see others go into public health. And so uh, th- that is my why. That is why I got into dentistry. My why for this, for a new dentist on the block, is that I've had the opportunity to connect with many um, new dentists and dental students from my time in ASDA who have such an array and, and huge background behind them. And they have so much wisdom and so many pearls that they can share with other students and new dentists. And selfishly, it's an opportunity to connect with um, some of these new dentists that I haven't seen in, in many years. Uh, but it is also a way for others to kind of just kind of pick up pearls here and there and hopefully incorporate them into their practice, especially as oh, new dentists. Man. 
And that's why you are an exceptional human being. I love it. Oh, you are too kind. Thank, thank you for hyping me up. But what is oh, your why, man. Stuffy Stuff? So, so my why is to connect with as many people as I can uh, through discovering who they are, listening to their stories, uh, and ultimately inspiration, uh, being inspired and inspiring others. I think that's, that's the end goal for me. And so connect, discover, and inspire. That's my why. Well, I've been inspired. I'll tell you that. Oh, buddy, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about getting away from dentistry. You have some hobbies that are pretty unique yeah. and obviously aside from between two teeth. Talk a little bit about the bikes. Oh man. Okay. So I like cycling and <laughs> I like motorcycling. Uh, I got my dad, I grew up, my dad rode Harley Davidson's his entire life. And, uh, I would, you know, as a kiddo, I'd be on the back of his motorcycle going into turns, leaning, going, Oh my God, this is so crazy. Uh, and I just, I was such a, uh, people pleaser and a parent, you know, uh, pleaser in high school and college. I wouldn't dream of going against their wishes of getting a motorcycle. I guess I that, that would be, that'd be a yeah. teenage boy for you, but that wasn't me. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoyed their good graces. Uh, but when I got when I turned 30, I'm like, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to do this because this is awesome. And why not? And so I went out, got my motorcycle license when I turned 30. And that same year, I also went skydiving. So it was probably a little bit of oh a new thing. Yeah, I was, I was kind of getting out there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there in that year. Um but yeah, so I, I remember being in the class and looking around and just going, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Like, there's yeah. nobody here that has anything in common with you. Um, oh, it was great. I actually, I because I had ridden on the back of my dad's bike and I rode dirt bikes growing up, I actually did really well in the class. And um, oh, I can't, I can't tell you when I... This is going to be a weird, humble brag moment. Whenever I was in Italy recently for kind of a wellness adventure, and I'm going to call it a wellness adventure, but I'm going to be real with you, Tanya Sue. It was a vacation. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> there was wellness involved for sure. There was a lot of wellness going around. Uh, yeah. And and so for me, when I was on that, I didn't, I couldn't put words to why do I ride motorcycles? And then our one of our tour guides, he used to play soccer. I, I'm also I used to play soccer as well, and I've heck got yeah. some heck yeah, I have got some childhood wounds I think from being an athlete and uh, maybe not fulfilling all the things I wanted to do athletically. And so anyway, I meet this motorcycle guide in Italy, and he was the national some national really good soccer player for his country in uh, Croatia. And it turns out he goes, yeah, when I couldn't play soccer anymore, I was in a really dark spot and I needed something. And he goes, motorcycle riding, for some reason, just it was the right combination of thrills and it was meditation and there's a lot of danger involved and there's peace. And I know it's tough to think peace is found on a motorcycle, but danger and peace, huh? Oh yeah. Danger and peace. And um, I think, I think if I really kind of break it down, you have to be concentrated on so much. It's like, um, it's almost like if you've ever, I don't, I'm not trying to liken uh, motorcycle riding to, you know, uh, doing any kind of needlework, but it's almost if you're really concentrating on a pattern and you yeah, start to do the, it over zone. and over again, you're mm -hmm. in the zone and you can apply that to anything. When I played soccer, I ran cross country. 
I had to focus on these little movements a lot and it was a way to chill for me and motorcycle riding in a way replaces that. And I also, you know, I just, I love it. I feel like I am fulfilling some part of my destiny as a uh, child that came from uh, parents who rode motorcycles. That is so cool. I loved seeing the videos of you all in Italy. Oh, I thought that was goodness. so cool. Definitely Thank something you. I could never ride a motorcycle, but I thought that that was so adventurous. And really cool. <laughs> you mean you're smart. You're definitely smarter. Yeah. Than, <laughs> you know, I you want to that, keep my limbs. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I was lucky. I, I, you know, give it up to a higher being because I, for, for a lot of reasons, you take the same trip 10 times and you get 10 different results. Uh, there's nothing about it that is braggadocious. And if you go on a trip like that and come back bragging, you're not you're not a very smart person. <laughs> Girl, you should brag. That looks so fun. Brag away. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I definitely learned on, on this site. I wish they had told me to practice U-turns before I went. Ah. Uh, the technical aspects of going up the Dolomites, these little hairpin turns, I would would have loved to practice when they were flat <laughs> versus coming around some of these turns going straight up. You're almost like a wide receiver, just like looking behind you. So when you're turning your bike, your head's got to get around. These are big bikes. You got cars coming down, cyclists. Oh, no. In Italy, there's not one car per lane. It's like a car, a scooter, and a cyclist. And so it's 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 chaos. Anyway, it was great. <laughs> I love well, it. look great. And, and I love that there's documentation of it. I think that that's so fun. So deep. Oh, man, it was great. Steffi, Steph, let's throw in a clinical pearl. Tell oh, me yeah. what's your favorite suture and why? Okay. Well, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing something uh, where I'm removing bone in the back of the mouth, I want a 3-0 plain gut, something that's going to dissolve quickly and it's not going to lock in a lot of inflammation and potentially cause an infection. But if I'm in the front of the mouth being very dainty, maybe mm -hmm. putting some gums in some specific places, I tend to like 6-0 or 7-0. Uh, usually nice. something that is like glycolon that doesn't resorb too quickly, but if it gets stuck under some tissue, I can assure the patient it does go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that we followed up the dangerous ness with the daintiness of <laughs> with the daintiness. what perio can be. <laughs> it's a great, um, yeah, and and that's probably the blessing about working alongside an oral surgeon is that we both come from different training styles and backgrounds and we can both appreciate the benefits of the other. And so you really come away in a lot of ways, both of us do, uh, better equipped just for the things that, things that we do. And, uh, there's not a one size fits all. And the more tools you've got in your toolbox, so to speak, the better I think our patients are. I think that's very true. Do you have any advice for somebody who is a specialist or a new dentist coming out to who's looking to join a practice? What should they look for in your opinion? Man, that's a great one. Um, yeah. I feel like whenever I started looking at places, I think, uh, what, what are those, those memes, uh, stay calm and whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think Followed stay... by the, the guy that's drinking coffee in the yeah, fire. I know, stay... Everything's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah, everything's <laughs> fine. Uh, embrace the chaos, embrace the fact that you're not going to know everything, get help where you need it. You know, in dental school, they've got plenty of people coming around telling you, oh, you need this, you need that. And if you ask, you know, a hundred, if you ask the entire class and pull the entire class, they're going to tell you so many different things. Mm -hmm. If you're a specialist coming out, 
location, location, location. Uh, it's, sure. it's, I know there's always, a, there's always enough room for one more good dentist or provider. And I do believe that. I believe you can be successful wherever you want to. Uh, you can do a lot of things with time and money. However, if you're wanting something a little bit more of a traditional start <laughs> where you're not having to work weekends, crazy hours, uh, think outside the box. Don't be mm -hmm. afraid to do something a little different. And I think we're getting to, you know, to a point we've got, I think dental students nowadays, you know, they have this additional option. Uh, you don't have to, your options are not be an associate or start a practice um, or buy a practice. You also have the uh, option of being um, an associate at a corporate uh, entity. Sure. And I know several yeah. people who love that. And then in your in your aspects with public health, I mean, did, yeah. did you just complete a master's in public health? I'm finishing it up. Um, hopefully, we finish it up next year. But I in mean, the summer, that, it should be done. That's that's super impressive. Like things like that. Like get outside, get outside the box. Like think about uh, globally. I mean, access to care issues are out there, and and Huge. you know, there's yeah. there's a ton of different ways we can solve them. And so, I guess I'm not being I'm being unclear again. My, my thing this week, as I was telling Tanya Sue earlier, was I'm trying to be more clear. <laughs> Apparently I'm not yeah. clear. So I, I guess getting the message. Up, oh man, I appreciate that. So summing it up, my, I think, uh, advice for people getting out, if you're a general dentist, um, you know, practice where you want to practice, but you know, yeah, don't, don't be scared to, you know, think outside the box, go do a master's in public health or, uh, go to a team mom. Honestly, it gets you in contact with a lot of powerful people, and there's a lot of people that want to do a lot of good as well. And so you're going to find some great mentors, and that's going to be my piece of advice. Find a great mentor. Uh, when you first get out, your mentor will shape you, whether you want that or not. And so if you've got a good one, yeah, you're going to be on that's the, right. the there straight you go. and narrow. What, that's a good mentor there. They will tell you things that you don't want to hear. Oh my goodness. Yes. Tell me about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's important there that, you know, you got to remember that your first, the first place you work doesn't have to be a forever home. You can go somewhere that's a good else. Point too. And if yeah. you're not pleased with clinical dentistry, there are other avenues that you can still be involved in dentistry um, where you can help others. You can still be as influential in your role as, as a dentist who may not be practicing clinical dentistry. Couldn't agree Lots of more. fun stuff to do. Steffi, Steph, any last thoughts? for our listeners. My last thoughts, you know, I love I love the sound of my own voice unfortunately, but I'm going to let you guys go on on figure out your why when you first get out. It's going to help you. There's so much there's so many distractions, but trying to figure out your why and your purpose, it really kind of grounds you and it helps you figure out that lighthouse way out in the distance. Mm -hmm. This is so you can make all of people say, I don't even know what decisions I need to make. I don't know where I need to go. I know I need to get a practice. Um, but like we're saying, it, it's okay not to necessarily jolt off into clinical practice. Maybe you, we, you know, you want to do a podcast like this. Maybe you want to go travel something. Your, li the, your life is your oyster and you only right. have one life to lead. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying YOLO it. But at the same time, <laughs> don't be afraid to get out there and do something crazy. I mean, for me, it's worked out. Um, and I am someone who tends to play it safe. And I, the minute I balanced that with a little bit of excitement, doors started to open up for me. And thinking outside of the box is risky. It's scary. 
but don't let that don't let that stop you so figure out your why and i think that's going to pay off very insightful and very well said Steffi, Steph, thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. And if anyone wants to connect with you, I'll be sure to include your handle, Between Two T's handle, the website, everything. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. I hope you will join us for future episodes. You can find Dr. Ganter on Instagram at GanterSR and connect with Between Two Teeth on Instagram, B2Teeth and on YouTube. A huge shout out once more to Dr. Yenter and Dr. McNeil from Between Two Teeth for sponsoring this episode. If you know a new dentist that would be a great feature on the podcast, be sure to send a DM and connect on Instagram at New Dentists on the Block. And connect with me on my Instagram at tsmaestas.dds. Tune in next time for another episode.